Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome everyone to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is December 5th, 2019. And yesterday was the fourth day of Christmas, right? The fourth day of Christmas where four calling birds, which we saw sit at the impeachment hearing, correct? And this hearing had four people talking and claiming that what Adam Schiff was putting forward was, um, how do I say, facts. Facts, even though everything about what he was putting forward was all a sham. Today's show is not for the faint-hearted. And I know I'm live Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 Eastern time on your airwaves online, or if you're listening to the uploaded show as a podcast, I am telling you this episode of the Tory Says Show is not for the faint hearted. It is, uh, it's an article that I've been working on for a while. And so oddly enough yesterday, you know, I obviously mentioned it to you, but I saw that other Actual, you know, people are in tune and understanding this. It is extremely nefarious. The Democrats are literally pushing organ harvesting, targeting children as young as 14 years old across the nation. So while you were sleeping, you may have been registered as an organ donor and not know it. And so we're going to talk about that today. I think it's extremely important. My editor's actually working on that now because I wanted to ensure that you had all the links and all the videos and all the other reports around the world talking about this. You know, I'm sure most of you that are listening to my show have heard about how China is doing that to their, um, their prisoners, But we forget, you know how quick we forget? This is what they bank on, that we forget everything else. That we forget those things that they've reported in the past. And guess what, guys? It's not just in the United States. This push has gone in from the United Kingdom, France, Germany. And they like us to forget. Because if we forget, then they can get away with it. So it's it's pretty interesting. I think it's important that we listen to the song of these days because uh, today is the fifth day of Christmas. So um, I think it's important that we um, take a listen to it. Let's take a listen. Ah, hold on. That didn't work. 
You know what's bizarre, you guys? 12 Days of Christmas Lyrics is actually a BBC video. I kid you not. (laughs) So it's the fifth day of Christmas, I'll tell you, and it's five golden rings. Five golden rings that you'll realize by the end of the day what that means, right? Five golden rings. So let's get to this facade, this fake impeachment hearing. Uh, let's remember how, um, so I did like a, an episode that I haven't edited, um, to upload that is just about the impeachment hearings, like everything they've done, uh, you know, with commentary and pointing out, I could tell you, um, it was, it was long, And I'll probably put it up on the weekend so you can listen to it. Like when you're decorating your tree or doing whatever, getting ready for Hanukkah, cooking, cleaning, for those of you that are in nice warmer places, gardening or snow shoveling. So I'll get that up there uh, this weekend because it's quite long. It's like two hours because remember, it was a whole nine hour hearing, right? Um, So I think it's important for us to kind of um, see... uh, what is being said. So the first thing I want to do is um, I want us to listen to McCarthy um, and what he said this morning. Take a listen. This morning I listened to Speaker Pelosi give us historical references. The one that she skipped was Alexander Hamilton when he wrote, there will always be the greatest danger that the decision to use the impeachment power would be driven by partisan animosity instead of real demonstrations of innocence or guilt. Today is the day that Hamilton warned us. Today, with the Speaker announcement, she has weakened this nation. It was not new news. They always had this pre-written timeline from the day they got sworn in. Let's go through their timeline. After winning the majority, they had to decide who would become the chairs of their committees. The impeachment committee judiciary had a campaign for it. Nadler campaigned on the theme that he would be the best for impeachment, and he won the position. On the very first day of swearing in by their new freshmen, they got them the majority. After holding their hand up and swearing to the Constitution, in celebration that night, Congresswoman Tlaib said, we are going to impeach the mother. That was their goal from the beginning. Or in May of 2019 of this year, Al Green, who has entered the impeachment from the very beginning, said if we do not impeach the president, he will get reelected to show him the true reason of why their timeline is for written. The sad part about this timeline, they've always had it written, they just never had a case or proof, so they had to bring professors in. Had Speaker Pelosi spent at least 48 hours and waited until the transcript came forth, America would not have to go through this nightmare. If Speaker Pelosi would have paused and actually listened to the hearing yesterday, she probably would not have made the decisions that she made today to try to change her own timeline. Had she listened to the Democrat constitutional scholar, Jonathan Turley, he said there was no bribery, No extortion, no obstruction of justice, no abuse of power. He said this would be the fastest, thinnest, weakest impeachment in U.S. history. 
This is from the individual who did not vote for the president. This is from the individual who is not a Republican. The further they get from their timeline, the further they get away from their own requirements of an impeachment. Even of this year of March, the Speaker of the House said impeachment was so destructive to the nation that it had to be overwhelming, compelling, and bipartisan. That was the criteria she laid out for the nation and for her conference. It's just not the criteria she held herself to. This is the day that Alexander Hamilton feared and warned would come. This is the day the nation is weaker because they surely cannot put their animosity or their fear of losing an election in the future in front of them. All the other things that the American people want. They don't even have a budget. We don't even have a trade agreement that was signed more than a year ago to make this country stronger. We're not lowering drug prices. We're not rebuilding this nation. Why? Because the timeline that they started from the day they were sworn in down to the very freshmen announcing what they would do on the night they were sworn in to the selection of the chairs of who would oversee the impeachment has come true today. It's not a day that history will be proud of. It's not a day I hope America ever repeats. Take a question. Yes. I didn't believe it then. It was a joke, and you took it to an extent that's not, and that's really embarrassing that you would even ask that. Yes. I don't need to guarantee. I'll show you the vote. If she laid out a criteria, the Speaker of the House, telling the American public of March of this year that impeachment was so divisive that it would divide the nation, that the <coughs> only way we could move down that it had to be compelling, it had to be overwhelming, and it had to be bipartisan. Well, we've had that vote on the floor for an impeachment inquiry. And the only bipartisan vote that turned out there was not to move forward. So the standard that she gave to the nation, that she gave to her own conference, she will not hold her own self to. Why? Because she wrote this timeline before she was even sworn in for president. She picked the committee chairs based upon what she wanted to accomplish in the timeline. The freshmen that gave them the majority said it on the night they were sworn in. The individuals that first moved the impeachment said the reason why they were afraid of losing. The committee that it went to yesterday, two-thirds of them, if this is the jury, had already voted for impeachment before they heard. If they had listened, and who'd they select? Three Democrats to a witness that Republicans could invite? We invited a Democrat. We didn't invite a Republican. We invited a constitutional scholar, someone who didn't even vote for the president. Why? Because this is too important. We would stick to our own standards of constitutionality. And what did that individual say? It's the weakest, it's the thinnest, and it's the fastest impeachment in history. And he said there was no bribery. But you know what's more importantly what Turley said? 
He said, if there is abuse of power that you want to impeach this president over, that's not the case. It's actually the abuse of Congress if you move forward based upon what they want to do. Why would they not listen to that? Why, should, why would she not hold herself to the standard she said to move forward? Well, that goes before we had her witnesses that were before this investigation. Now, are you confident that that I am more confident that the bipartisan vote witnesses like what did they witness you guys let's let's think about this what exactly did these witnesses witness right what did they witness absolutely nothing there was nothing to witness there was nothing to witness and that is the charade there was absolutely nothing to witness and yet they're talking about these witnesses what witnesses what did they see how are they fact witnesses when they didn't see anything and it was all hearsay? Let's remember what um, this uh, really sounded like. Take a listen. Our witness, mm-hmm. Gosh darn it. My videos are not working with me today. It's as if everything is going uh, as slow as possible. Here we go. Star witness. Ma'am, you said you have a connection to the president. Would you describe that? So my friend Becky said that her ex-boyfriend's sister Joe was into this guy Rick, who turned out to be a total creep. But anyway, his best friend's dad's business partner used to work at Trump Towers. I guess his manager's boss's supervisor spoke to Trump a lot. And Becky said that he said that he said that he said that he said that Trump said if he was ever in the Oval Office, he would totally commit crimes. <gasps> You heard it straight from the source, folks. Trump is in big trouble. What do these bombshell accusations mean for the future of the Trump administration? Let's go to our expert panel for discussion. Oh, golly, it looks like it means he's getting impeached as heck. But only time will tell. The real bombshells are expected to drop with the next star witness. Trump's advisor's cousin, stepsister's ex-boyfriend, who said he overheard a conversation between his ex-girlfriend and her stepsister about her cousin's time in the Trump administration that that is exactly what happened that's exactly what Schiff you know his witnesses did they witnessed absolutely nothing and it was like a version of Gossip Girl and Freedom Tunes put that together in that cartoon so good so good I've actually posted that cartoon on Tori Says uh, on the Tori Says page on Facebook so it's just you know facebook.com at Tori Says and you could see it that's where we're at, you guys. And while Schiff, here, here's the thing. Before we continue to what McCarthy's saying, I want you guys to remember, it went to the Intelligence Committee. Why? Because that gave him access to all federal databases, right? And access to the intelligence community. I told you it was a wiretap, didn't I? That's a crime. You're starting to see it now. I told you this months ago. That this hearsay was a wiretap gathering information from here, there, 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 and then finding people that would reinforce that information. I told you that. Now you're seeing that he subpoenaed phone records. Hmm. With what right? Under what crime? You know, this abuse of power is a problem. But the investigation or starting any investigation for that matter in any city, state, and federal level, you've got to have some substantiated evidence like hard crime, like, ooh, I found a baggie of marijuana, or here's a victim that lost money, or here's this what happened. Look at the evidence I have. 
And here's the complaint that I got. I didn't just use your tax money to go fishing to find it. There was a bona fide complaint and I did it. But what happens when justice is the other way around? They don't like you, so they go fishing on your tax dollar and they find anything they try to find anything to pin it on you. How does that make you feel, you guys? Let's imagine you piss off someone in your county, right? You're sitting there in your home in Arkansas, let's say, right? And you're in Arkansas and your county official, like, you know, has their dog poop on your lawn every day. I'm just saying. And so you go out there and you're like, do it again. You call the cops. They're defecating. They're not doing this, whatever it is. Right. I'm just saying. And that county official has pull with the city's attorney. And suddenly the city attorney starts to investigate you and finds out that you had an unpaid parking ticket from like 35 years ago. And suddenly you've got a bench warrant and you're thinking, what the... The county wrote it off so they didn't come after you. You probably didn't know that it existed. I'm just saying. And suddenly you're benched and you're like, um, so, and then it turns out it's not even your ticket, but you know, just to make it even worse. But the point is, it's not what happened. Like after obviously getting the bench warrant for an unpaid ticket from 35 years ago from your, you know, neighboring, you know, county or whatever is BS and it's petty. And it looks petty, but you know, rules of rules, right? But why did they start it? See, it's kind of like when you get pulled over and they pull you over because they don't like you and, or they had a tip from a friend that's not reliable and they open up your trunk with that and make a unlawful stop, right? And they search and they find like 50 tons of heroin and you're not going to go to jail for that. They could take the 50 tons of heroin, but you're not going to jail for that because there was no reason that they pulled you over. Did you have a tail blinker? Were you speeding this dad? You can't just stop and say, okay, so, mm, you know, and if your source wasn't on the record and reliable and considered a reliable person, uh, you know, that showed evidence, like here's a picture, you know, cause any crazy idiot can call up and I can call up on my friend, Mike and, 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 and say, Oh, Mike parked his car illegally and it has, you know, all this stuff in the trunk and they'll be like, okay, you know, kind of like how people, when they're upset with each other in like trailer parks, they call CPS on each other seriously because it's anonymous. This is the same thing. So it's like someone will just call the cop and say, yo, so, <clears throat> so-and-so is like snorting cocaine around the corner you know, and uh, yeah, and he does it all the time and he's got an elephant in his house and the police are just like, what are you talking about? I can't do that. Get me evidence and I'll look into it. Evidence. So what evidence, evidence did they have to start an investigation? Because that is the foundation of uh, our judicial system. You don't just pick and choose because you don't like somebody. That's not how it works. And even if you're meritful, even what investigation you started, you know, comes out that this person is horrific, they're not going to get in trouble for it because you did it the wrong way. You did it because you didn't like them. So even if you found out that Donald Trump didn't pay for, you know, uh, the paper clips he walked out of Staples with 10 years ago, you can't do anything with that because the only reason you started the investigation was because you don't like him.
So right now, what we are seeing unfolding in Congress is that they don't like the president. Why? He is killing the global gravy train. Guys, it's not just the Democrats. This is a global phenomenon. Around the world, they are raping taxpayers of money and lining their pockets and then giving you the debt they have that the nation has, which is actually their paycheck. So the trillions of dollars that we owe is probably decades of um, skimming off the top and making you pay for it. I mean, every child in America today born has an average of 75,000 in debt on their head the minute they're born. Where'd the money go? How, How are we broke? How are we broke as a nation? How do we owe money as a nation when we make so much, when we produce so much and we're so innovative and leaders, et cetera? Ah, because fake blimps are filled with cash that line pockets. They are taking our money. This is huge. And it's about time we rip off the bandaid and realize, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure the nations that we've assailed at, like the Ukrainians know that average American people didn't know, like, well, they should have known because it was all the writing on the wall, but no one was paying attention that we were pillaging their nation. The Ukrainians probably didn't even know that the own people that supposedly were elected correctly were doing the same to them. The same in Nigeria, Burkina Faso, Somalia, Kenya, you know, Germany, France, it's everywhere. It's not just Australia. Biggest hit. You guys, Australia has been like the guinea pig for the, for the crown. Okay, let's be honest. Uh, You know, it should have been Canada, but Canada is so far gone right now. You know, they don't even know where they stand. They have a queen. They don't have a queen. And then they have a queen running. (laughs) I mean, he sounded really girly. No, no offense. I mean, it's as if he went up an octave. But this is it. This is not just about the U.S. This is a global phenomenon global, you guys. I was on the undernet yesterday and I, um, observe a group, uh, that, uh, puts together citizen grand juries. That's something that Larry Clayman uh, did. I have an article going up about that. They were so upset with the comments that this horrific scholar of Stanford did that they raised 17 thousand dollars in like a day between them discussing I've got this to put in I've got that and these are all people that are house staffers senate staffers former military former intelligence retired judges capital police active and retired all getting together deciding if they're going to go down to the capitol and actually execute a citizen arrest and you can do that you know because we we are not people that are governed. We govern. Nobody governs us. And if they wanted a civil war, hmm, they're getting a revolution because they don't have a base. The, the, the crazy, insane Democrats we see probably don't even agree with what they're doing. This shotgun impeachment is done for one reason. Do you know why they're doing it so quickly? Because the president has addressed it to the courts. And the courts have to uh, take a look at it. And that was in discussion yesterday, if you guys remember, that the president has applied to the court. 
Mm. Buckle up, guys, because these five golden rings are coming on strong today. Take a listen to the rest of what McCarthy had to say this morning. I watched President Obama do this. If you watched the hearing yesterday, Turley was asked the question from John Radcliffe. And he stated and agreed, no bribery, no extortion, no obstruction of justice, no abuse of power. That was the answer. I do not understand what they have going forward. They have a timeline, but they have no proof, so they brought professors in. They selected professors that were donors to the Democratic Party. We selected a Democrat who did not vote for the president. We selected an individual who's probably the one that is respected the most when it comes to a scholar on constitutionality. Because we take this so important, and we believe exactly what the speaker said back in March, that this is so divisive, you need something overwhelming. You need something compelling, and it doesn't meet the criteria. Did they ask that question when Obama didn't comply with the subpoena to provide information about Fast and Furious? No, they didn't. No one complained when Obama said, I'm not showing you, even though that resulted in a death okay, of an American citizen. He did not comply with the subpoena. But President Trump is supposed to comply with the charade, giving merit to a baseless investigation that started because they didn't like him, not because anything happened. I'll see you all in just a bit. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 
800-961-9194. Promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. Let's take a listen if McCarthy will bring up Fast and Furious now, like they did during uh, this super circus on steroids. I think if you, I think if you watched the president's or read the president's letter from his attorney from the White House, if he had a process the same as Bill Clinton. So your first question should be, why didn't the speaker... If she wanted to go through impeachment and she's not going to stick to her own criteria, why wouldn't she create a fair process? Why wouldn't she create the same process that Bill Clinton or Richard Nixon had? Because it didn't fit their timeline. Why did we extend one more week in December in a continuing resolution? Because that met the timeline of what they've written, what they wanted to do impeachment. And the, in that letter, the president said he would comply if he had a fair process. Yes, yes. I spoke to the president twice yesterday. I spoke to the president quite often. I tell you what the president and I talk about, the things that America should be doing. USMCA. We talked about trying to get USMCA done. We talk about a number of different issues moving forward. He called me first in the morning when he was over at the NATO meetings. Here was the president overseas making America stronger. What were the Democrats doing? Dividing us further. It's interesting of what they do and when they do it. When she first announced to move forward, the president was at the UN when the rest of the world was there. When they had their hearing, the president was with other foreign leaders as well. I've always thought, regardless of party, you put this country first. We've watched from the timeline and from the swearing in, the party means more to them than the country. No, I'm more worried about America missing an opportunity, that America missing an opportunity to be stronger. Every economist will tell you it will only make our country stronger. I'm worried that America, with their number one and number two traders when it comes to Mexico and Canada, in a negotiation with China and what the future holds, that China's our number three trader, that if we're in a negotiation with China, we all know what the future holds. If we're going to be competing, we need to be stronger. We would get a better agreement with China if we had the USMCA done. We would be in a stronger position. But the speaker is more concerned about tearing the president down instead of building the country up. Mr. Speaker, I gather you were watching just now when the 
Look, um, I'll take them at their word when Congresswoman Tlaib said on her very first day in Congress of what she referred to the president, which I wouldn't think anyone would want to refer to them. Remember, Barack Hussein Obama met with all the freshmen. Do you guys remember that? Let's just remember that. She was going to impeach him. Or when Adam Schiff continued to lie to the American public, only get to the point that they are today. Um, Or when he said he was going to send them back the golden throne. Um, I asked about the speaker. I'll take the speaker at her word, but if she paused for a moment, she looked at just the facts, she would not have made that determination. If she paused and she actually listened to the hearing yesterday on what a Democrat who did not vote for the president, who has studied the Constitution, who most at any time has been a witness for Democrats or Republicans, based upon his own ability as a scholar, that this is the weakest, the thinnest impeachment in the history of America, that there is no bribery, no extortion, no obstruction of justice, and no abuse of power. So you don't accept what she said? Actually, I think I have a hard time believing her. Yes, Judge Evans. You've been saying, Republicans have been saying this fact of the speaker. One of the facts that's not is the president giving facts after the statement of the president that the president was Okay, let's stick to the facts. The president asked a country to participate in a case that happened in 2016. That's 100% legal. That happens every that happens every day in America dealing with other countries. It is a case that the US attorney had already opened. At every single time of every witness that the Democrats got to select and control, they were asked the question the two best witnesses they had that they started this all with. Can you name one article that she should be impeached upon? No one could say a word. So why are we going through this nightmare? It goes back to the very first day after the election. They had a goal. They wrote a timeline. And they had to change the basis and move it to uh, Adam Schiff's committee. And they're sticking to that timeline. So the answer to your question, they've always wanted to impeach the president, watch them at their words, watch them at their actions, watch them what they have done. The most important part here is Alexander Hamilton, founding father, was concerned and warned us that this day could come. History will look back today, and it will be a sad day. We hope that at any time, whoever has this power in this country, that they never repeat what Alexander warned us would come, and that this day will never happen again in America. Thank you very much. Perfect. That's it. Thank you very much. I'm out. You guys suck. That is exactly what happened. But here, um, yesterday, I heard... Representative Jim Jordan say something. The Democrats have no case, no facts. They don't. 
They don't. We had three individuals, right, out of the four calling birds, three of them claimed that the testimony provided that was gossip girl, that was non-factual, no fact evidence, was in fact evidence. You know, I said it yesterday when, you know, I was listening to it as it was going on. You know, what are they doing? Don't send your, if your kids are going to Harvard or Stanford, don't let them go to Harvard or Stanford Law School, period. Take a listen. Gomert said the same thing, and I'm with him. Babies grow up. To, so all I got to say is, if you love America, mamas, don't let your babies grow up to go to Harvard or Stanford Law School. Wow. Yep. Wow. We should stop funding them. Like, who is funding these people? These people are insane. Insane. Let's listen to what Nadler had said once again years ago during the Clinton impeachment. The effect of impeachment is to overturn the popular will of the voters as expressed in a national election. We must not overturn an election and remove a president from office except to defend our very system of government or our constitutional liberties against a dire threat. And we must not do so without an overwhelming consensus of the American people and of their representatives in Congress of the absolute necessity. There must never be a narrowly voted impeachment or an impeachment substantially supported by one of our major political parties and largely opposed by the other. Such an impeachment would lack legitimacy, would produce divisiveness and bitterness in our politics for years to come, and will call into question the very legitimacy of our political institutions. The American people have heard all the allegations against the president and they overwhelmingly oppose impeaching him. The people elected the president. They still support him. We have no right to overturn the considered judgment of the American people. Huh. Convenient, right? So that is what he had said. But what is it that he's saying now? Totally different tune, isn't it, guys? A totally different tune. It is a charade, charade, charade that makes me sick. This is what Pelosi said this morning. Listen. Yesterday, the Judiciary Committee, at the Judiciary Committee, the American people heard testimony from leading American constitutional scholars who illuminated without a doubt that the president's actions are a profound violation of the public trust. The president's actions have seriously violated the Constitution especially when he says and acts upon the belief. Article 2 says, I can do whatever I want. No. His wrongdoing strikes at the very heart of our Constitution, a separation of powers, three co-equal branches, each a check and balance on the other. A republic, if we can keep it, said Benjamin Franklin. Our democracy is what is at stake. The president leaves us no choice but to act because he is trying to corrupt once again the election for his own benefit. Yesterday, the Judiciary Committee... 
So she asked for the articles of impeachment to be drawn, which is crazy, right? You would be like, well, that, why would, how are you drawing them with no facts? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Because in January, we have two cases being heard in the courts that the president has requested to be heard by the courts in regards to this. And this is how it is. I want you to listen to Noah Feldman. And then I'm going to tell you about his article that I actually wrote an article about in June of 2017 and how he lied. There's no mystery. There's no mystery about the words high crimes and misdemeanors. The word high modifies both crimes and misdemeanors. So they're both high and high means connected to the office of the presidency, connected to office. The classic form that was familiar to the framers was the abuse of office for personal gain or advantage. There's no mystery about the words high crimes and misdemeanors. There is none. I just wanted to tell you that this guy was the one that told Mueller how to move forward with the investigation. And uh, this was evident uh, yesterday uh, when he lied, too, because I wrote an article about him uh, in June of 2017 to a big uh, Barty, you know, Bart type outlet that was then sold and changed. So it's kind of changed. All of the right wing media has changed um, under my pen name and pretty much trashed him because he was giving direction. This Harvard law professor was giving direction to Mueller. And I and I've said this again over time through my show. And I think I mentioned it like a couple days ago. They start with something and then they end up with obstruction of justice. So now what they're trying to do is impeach the president for obstructing justice, for not providing information when they asked him or complying with subpoenas. So you see where I'm going with this? But they didn't do it for Barack Hussein Obama. Take a listen to what he said. Until this call in July 25th, I was an impeachment skeptic. The Very call well, changed I, my mind, sir. And for thank good you. Reason. I appreciate you. So basically, here's the thing. He had um, put out a piece uh, right after Mueller was hired where he discussed with um, it was vice that he discussed uh, what that the president should be impeached. Basically, he said that the president, um, what he did is impeachable. It's obstruction of justice. You know, when he fired Comey, remember why Comey was fired, you guys? Because we already knew that he had manufactured 302s and putting our general, General Flynn, in a box. So we had James Comey, the director of the FBI, fired for lying and for manufacturing false evidence to hold the general in you know, a little box so he can throw him in jail. And yet this man was saying, listen, cause you're not going to find anything on Russia collusion and you all have lied and I've helped you maneuver this. Listen to me carefully. You're going to go for obstruction of justice because he fired Comey for it. Because if you can get him on obstruction of justice, no one will ever know that Comey falsified information for the FISA warrants, falsified information on the Clinton investigation, falsified 302s were used to 
put people in jail like George Papadopoulos, like, 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 and we've got General Flynn waiting on the wind. Now we know that they manufactured them. I said that a long time ago. These people made up fake evidence. When people want to get you, they will manufacture fake evidence. And here's the thing, because they're more powerful, they're like, no one's ever going to find out. Well, yes, they will. And we did because (laughs) what you have access to, we have access to good guys bad guys have access to the same thing you monitor us we monitor you so he was trying to explain bribery and listen to this version of bribery he said it would be if the president owed a favor to the mafia and there was a mafia figure under investigation and the president said don't investigate that guy that seems to be uh, be like it. And it would satisfy corruptly component, though there was no threat to retaliate. So to me, that's a credible case. You, you'd still have to prove it. In this instance, it's not just as obvious as that is corrupt, even if his goal was to protect his own administration from embarrassment. So what he was trying to say is, you know, if you tell someone, don't look at my guy, don't investigate him, you know, because I owe him a favor. It's exactly what Joe Biden did. Don't look into Burisma. They helped us funnel money and fund our pockets. You better listen, right? So that is the way it is. So I'm saying, I'm saying this guy gave us his words to use against him too, because now this statement that he made can be used against Joe Biden. That is legit bribery. But to say that the president, you know, or obstruction of justice, let's say, right? Because obstruction of justice in another country, can it be really obstruction of justice? I mean, it is because he used his clout because he wasn't giving him anything and we caught him on video saying it. But think about it. Did the president of the United States obstruct justice by saying, go easy on General Flynn? Because he already knew that what they were doing was fake. He already knew. We knew this timeline. And I'm going to tell you what. The timelines are converging. But yesterday, I realized that there is a parallel one coming in. Totally unexpected. And this one is bizarre. It is really, really bizarre because a group of people are organizing to go and arrest the Democrats at the Capitol because they have the right to. You can make your own citizen arrest. You can walk in right and arrest someone and it's a group of citizen grand juries you know you don't have to wait for the court to tell you oh yeah you can appoint a grand jury because i'll tell you what go to don and brad street right where businesses are registered type in supreme court you'll see that it's a privatized company i kid you not it has its own number and everything and you're gonna think wait a minute how's the supreme court a private company don't you get it That's what they've been doing while we're sleeping. This is what they've been doing while we have been sleeping in a trance of advertisement, consumer goods, Facebook, Twitter, and the fake news. They've been operating. And in the second half, I'm going to show you how every each and every one of you, every single time you go to the emergency room, you're at risk of being a donor without wanting to be a donor. Not only you, your child. And you know what? You might not even be hurt that bad and they might just hurt you that bad because, you know, like Rockefeller at 99 got a heart transplant. I'm just saying that's in the second half. So while you were sleeping, all of this stuff was happening, all of it. And so you have to think how 
difficult it has to be for the president to maneuver all sides. This is like, it's like he's standing, you know, in one place and there's fires everywhere under his feet, left, right, sideways, above. Come on, guys, let's bring out the extinguishers. And the only way we do it is by talking about it. And, you know, I'll demonstrate how people have been talking about it and how they silence them real quick. But the thing is, we're many, they're few. Don't let them. Uh, You know, yesterday we had, you know, that crazy, crazy, insane Stanford law professor who, by the way, just want to say, was responsible for establishing the election debacles we have today because she dealt with election integrity. Integrity means, oh, let's ensure that you pick and vote for the right person type. But I want to, you know, I know a lot of you don't like Kellyanne Conway. I like her, even though she does legalese, um, only because, you know, she doesn't really care. Like she's got, you know, it's like it's like this. It's like this meme. You know, um, what keeps a man's knees apart when they sit aside from Justin Trudeau, of course, who has them closed? So does Macron. Why does a man man spread? Because of the cojones. And this woman has cojones. Take a listen. If you, ladies and gentlemen, if you went to work today to manicure nails, to manicure lawn, if you went to work with a jackhammer or a welding machine or mechanics tools or a carpentry belt and not three degrees from Yale, that woman yesterday looks her nose down at you. She thinks that you are less than her. And I've had it. Do you know why that man ran for president in the first place for the forgotten man, forgotten woman? You know why I'm still here at the White House? For you. For people who are looked down upon by people with three Yale law degrees had the audacity, audacity to say that liberals like to cluster together and live together while conservatives can't even stand to be together. That's why they're scattered. Well, Who the hell are you, lady? That was Pamela look Carlin. down at half of the country. That's a good point. That was Pamela She Carlin. was the witness. She's the star witness. She didn't educate us. She spends her life lecturing people. She hobnobs with the elite, with the next generation of law of lawyers. All right, I took you. out six figures worth of worth of student loans to put myself through law school and 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 and, and college with my single mother working her tail off to supplement that. I. I resent someone like that looking down at half of America. She sounds like Hillary Clinton with deplorables and irredeemables. And we're sick of it. And people are watching. You want to get the president? You want to look down on him? You look down on the people. Tired of it. Exactly. What have I told you? You're nothing. They look down on you. And that's the way it is. You know who really, really looks down on you? Bloomberg. I want us to revisit Bloomberg's little charade of a video. Taxes are regressive. But in this case... Yes, they are. That's the good thing about them, because the problem is in people that don't have a lot of money. And so higher taxes should have a bigger impact on their behavior and how they deal with themselves. So I listen to people saying, oh, we don't want to tax the poor. Well, we want the poor to live longer so that they can get an education and enjoy life. And that's what, why you do want to do exactly what a lot of people say you don't want to do. The question is... So in other words, we need to tax poor people more so they can't have access to things because we want them to live longer. Why? In the second hour, you're going to find out why. Do you want to pander to those people or do you want to get them to live longer? And there's just no question. If you raise taxes on full sugary drinks, for example, 
they will drink less, and there's just no question that filled sugar drinks are one of the major contributors to obesity, and obesity is one of the major contributors to heart disease and cancer and a variety of other things. Mm. So it's like saying I don't want to stop using coal because coal miners will go out of work, well, will lose their jobs. We have a lot of soldiers in the United States and the U.S. Army but we don't want to go start a war just to give them something to do. And that's exactly. That is the most ignorant statement ever. We have soldiers in the U.S. Army that don't just go to war. They're doctors. They're lawyers. They're nurses. They're therapists. They're botanists, musicians, choir directors, arms, engineers, What is he talking about? The U.S. Army is like a separate society of people that work and their work is to benefit the military and the defense of the average people. They don't go to war only. They're not body bags, Bloomberg. You don't just set them out on the front lines. The reason you have what you have and you're sitting at a meeting, you know, with uh, all these international conglomerates, it's because they created that. They facilitated that. It's the military that negotiates. It's the military that builds roads, the U.S. Army Corps engineers, engineers of the government, not the private companies, but... I digress. This is exactly what our problems are. But I'm going to have to say right now that aside from the horrific perjury that Noah Feldman committed and he swore under oath, he said, oh, I didn't think that he was impeachable until that July 25th call. Mm, That's perjury, my friend. You're going down. And just for that, I, I, right after the break, we're just going to talk about organ trafficking and how they've implemented it in, into laws across the nation and how crazy, nefarious, satanic, and evil this seems. They are targeting our children to register as donors as young as those going into the ninth grade. So in the ninth grade, your child can't give consent to sex, but they can give consent to donate their body parts. Tax incentives for donating, being a living donor. Guys, this is what nightmares are made of. And we're going to talk all about that in the next hour after a small recap on what Devin Nunes has to say. I'll see you all in just a bit. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Big tech social media companies have made it their goal to censor and ultimately shut down conservative voices as a way to control political dialogue ahead of the 2020 elections. Few things are more un-American than censorship, yet now, more than ever, we see glaring examples of it daily. 
Conservative accounts suspended or banned for innocuous postings, while liberal accounts with far more egregious content continue to operate freely and unencumbered. As someone banned on nearly every single social media platform, with even Chase Bank temporarily shutting down online access to my bank account, I understand the dangers of this far better than most. We cannot allow big tech social media companies to continue acting as liberal publishers free from oversight and regulation. Tech companies have used censorship not only as a way to silence those who they disagree with politically, but also as a way to incite violence against conservatives. While conservatives are banned and shut down, terrorist organizations like Hamas and Antifa, criminals and even human traffickers are freely using social media to communicate. Americans deserve a fair and transparent playing field from big tech. And when in Congress, holding these companies and their executives accountable will be a top priority of mine. Go to lauralumerforcongress.com to donate today. I want to thank each and every one of my listeners. Almost a year, no, exactly a year and four weeks ago, I started this radio show. I didn't know that the need, well, I did, but I really didn't know that there was such a great need uh, for news to come through unfiltered both domestic and global. I'm glad that I am filling a need. I mean, that is what inventions are about. Um, And I haven't invented anything. I've stuck to the wheel. The wheel is something that you can't reinvent. And news shouldn't be reinvented because then they're no longer news. I'd like to thank all of you for all your support because I couldn't have done it without you. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, Unfiltered news. Real news. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Always here, Monday through Friday, uh, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. So before we start, I wanted to just give you guys an announcement. There's an organization called Watch the Vote. And every Thursday, they have a meeting uh, that's open to everyone to kind of chime in and listen into. Today is going to be the first time that I'm going to attempt to join in. I found them online. And I thought I could share it with you guys because you can call in from your phone and kind of listen. The dial-in number is 712-770-4160. Again, the number is 712-770-4160. And it's at um, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and uh, Pacific Time is 7 p.m. And there's an access code to access uh, the conference call and listen in where these people talk about how they can watch our vote, how they can demand and uphold election integrity. Again, 712-770-4160. And the 
access code to the conference call is one six eight zero five five, and then you press the hashtag, the pound key, as we used to call it. Now it's the hashtag key. So the code for that conference call is one six eight zero five five, and the pound key in there, and they have a meeting every Thursday. So before we start on something that I discovered that sent shivers down my spine is um, uh, I want us to kind of just visit something that uh, Devin Nunes said, which was pretty incredible. Because remember, I told you there was a wiretap. Remember, I told you that this was all a charade and they have been illegally surveilling people illegally, right? Notify- Listen, we knew. We knew he had issued, he, he notified us of, that he had subpoenaed some phone numbers. We didn't know who those numbers were. And of course, because it's in the skiff and it's classified, we can't talk about it. I'm sorry, subpoenaed from whom? He subpoenaed from AT&T, phone records. Why would AT&T give phone those numbers. up? That's a good question. That is a very Why good question. Why wouldn't AT&T say, well, buzz off, you know, well, take it to court? Wait, before they continue, I could tell you guys, I, as someone that committed no crime. I committed nothing. And I had every single facet of my life subpoenaed. Every single phone records, educational records, um, whatever they could give. Now, not everybody complied. Um, You'll be surprised. LinkedIn told them to piss off. That's basically it. They went everywhere to find anything. This is what they do. They go everywhere just to find something. And that's what's awesome. I know for a fact that they even surveilled my, this is so stupid because guys, I learned all my tricks from the, from the ugly beast that we see there, you know, whistle dog whistling online. So dumb, so ridiculous, yet they do this. And they did it to their own people. They did it to the president's private attorney. You think they're not doing it to you, per se? They do it to everyone. We all have to assume that they're just listening. And it doesn't matter because they can't do anything, especially when you've done nothing. Well, I mean, we can't really say that, can we? How many people, uh, you know, get done in for doing absolutely nothing? I mean, right now on a global scale, our president who has done nothing but serve his country, make America great, uh, fix whatever is wrong with it and try to purge the swamp. He tried to do it discreetly by saying, hey, maybe you want to leave. Maybe you just need to go. He's ripping that global bandaid off, you guys. But they don't care. They will use everything in their power to make sure that they can silence, remove, and eliminate anyone that threatens their version of government, which is they govern, they're in charge. When in our history was it ever stated by the framers, as they claim, that we are to be governed? Never. Ever. This is a revolution like no other, you guys. You want to get stuff done? We need to be getting stuff done. How? Talk. How? Louder. Scream it. Say it. Do it. Don't sit there on your hands. And you know what? We can't even trust the right, the right wing media. <laughs> they don't even touch the topics that they should. Tucker has. I mean, he even spoke about aliens, which is pretty cool. You know, I'm going to play that clip later, right after this, just for a tidbit before we get into the really, really gnarly stuff um, that that is not for the faint hearted. Okay, take a listen. 
court. AT&T should have at least went to court to try to see if what they were going to do was the right thing. Could they do that for my phone records or your phone records? I mean, uh, it, it appears like they could. If Adam Schiff now wants to go out and subpoena, they've now set a precedent where Adam Schiff can go and get any phone number that he has, send it to AT&T, and AT&T is going to comply. Could he get my email, too? Uh, I don't think that's been tried, but uh, I assume, be careful what you wish for, he could try it. So what and is... And then, it's so even you, worse. Is there a limit to his... I mean, you ran the committee, so you're uniquely positioned to answer this question. I am not... Is there a limit to his power? I am not aware of, of any previous time that we subpoenaed phone records on the House Intelligence Committee. Maybe before my time we did, but I find it very strange. But then if, if, if you look at what he did then, it's not just the president's phone records, okay? Or the president's lawyer's phone records. He also was able to get a journalist. A journalist now... John could, Solomon. John Solomon, who they hate, who they say is a conspiracy theorist. And he was able to figure out that that was John Solomon's phone number. I want to say something. Here's what we all should be doing. We should be tweeting at AT&T. Do you have AT&T? Make that switch. Get yourself something else. Go to T-Mobile. Go to Verizon. Go to Sprint. Leave AT&T. Guys, show them with your wallet what it means when a company doesn't uphold the law. Punish them. That is how you get things done. I heard that maybe they subpoenaed Verizon too. And if that's the case, guys, I'm walking. And my five, $600 bill a month is walking too. I don't need to be giving that money to them if they can't uphold my rights and protect my privacy. This is what we should be doing. Not sitting there complaining, doing something. We should be tweeting at AT&T. You give out records, you don't even challenge it. Did you challenge it? If so, show us that you challenged it. Because if they don't challenge subpoenas, that means everyone has access to everything. And like he said, this sets a very dangerous precedent. Okay, so now you have a journalist involved. Then he was able to get my number, right? And because yep. I had talked to Rudy Giuliani, and somehow that's now a crime. And then I make it into his report. And, and it, we have to remember, I just want to back everybody up. We spent the last three years, at first, if any Republican ever talked to any Russian at any time, even if you were Russian-American, that was a, a no-no. Then we were criticized. We switched to Ukraine. If you talk to any Ukrainian, that's now a crime. Now I can't even talk to Rudy Giuliani, who I've known for 10 years. That's supposedly a crime. And I'm in his report for supposedly doing something wrong. So this is, this is wrong. And what's well, happening in this, what, whatever Congress. is happening in this town is wrong. And look, I'm, I'm going yeah. to look at whatever legal remedies I have, because I actually have some civil rights here, too. Well, then you ought, and and you ought to. If, if they can do this to you, then like, you know, what protection do we have? They can do it to you. They won't just do it to you. They are doing it to you. That's the thing. They are literally doing it to you. They have been doing it to you. That's the thing. They've been doing this for so long and we don't know. And this is why we should hold them accountable. We should say, excuse me, did you challenge the subpoena? Yes or no? Did you think that maybe um, you shouldn't be sharing information because it's private and your job as a private company is to uphold my privacy that I invest with you? As a customer, right, didn't we try to hold Apple accountable even when they wanted the terrorist information? We said no because it's not the right thing to do.
But yet here we have them doing this uh, completely normal, no big deal. Uh, it's, uh, it, you know, it's Congress, so they have the right to just ask for anything. How many of them probably have asked for mine? Yours? Your Twitter? Your Facebook? How do we know what they have provided already? Oh, like you said, it's in a skiff. <laughs> It's in a skiff, so nobody can see it. So there is Devin Nunes sitting next to Schiff while Schiff is subpoenaing his records, right? Schiff is subpoenaing his records and has his records because he can. And he discovers that it's his. Really, guys? You think this is okay? Are we in a communist nation or what? Like, how, how, how does this work? But nobody cares. And, you know, a lot of people don't seem to realize that the real journalists really don't care what anyone has to say anymore. They're just um, doing their thing and they really don't care anymore. They're all up for, you know what, I'm just going to say what I know and I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be clear cut about it because that's the way it is. Kind of like what Tucker did because I totally missed this. Did you guys know that Tucker actually talked about aliens Disclosures should be coming soon, but take and a listen I to what he said. This from someone who I, and I have heard this from someone who I think is knowledgeable on the subject, that there is physical evidence that the U.S. government is holding um, that, you know, would tell us a lot more about what these objects are. Physical evidence, uh, wreckage. That is correct. Who, who was that? It's, it's you know, a, a well-known, someone who worked on this within the government for many years who would know, and I asked point blank, is there physical evidence of the existence of these objects, these aircraft, whatever they are. And he said, yes, there is. Wreckage in a hangar. Wreckage. And I have ah, That was Tucker Carlson. I'm tweeting that right out. Robbie Starbuck, actually, uh, who I follow, um, uh, tweeted that out. And I was like, go, go Tucker. He doesn't care. And did you see, guys, how he tweeted for the first time after a long time? That was pretty awesome, too. Now, on that note, I want to switch to something a little bit more uh, nefarious. So if you're um, going to be really disturbed by what you hear, I would highly suggest that um, you maybe you listen to this at another time. Uh, this is uh, going to freak you out. Um, I'm going to take you back in time to January of 2015 to Texas. In 2015, a young guy by the name of George Pickering III, 27 years old, suffered an alleged stroke and within hours of the the son being taken 27 year old son being taken to hospital by his dad who obviously i think it was like new year's or something like that they you know they were drinking whatever uh the doctors tell the father that the son is brain dead he's done and so the father's freaking out he's like what do you mean he's brain dead like he's like 27 year old what are you talking about and you know, suddenly the nurses were, he was challenging what they were saying. So the nurses were like, we're concerned, blah, blah, blah. So he leaves and goes home, comes back with his family, but he comes packing with a gun. And so some of you would be like, oh yeah, I think I heard about this. So then he comes back and he's reluctant to leave. He's like, give me a few hours with my son. Why are you rushing this organ donation? No, they had already organized. They had said that the father was incapacitated because he had a couple of drinks and that he can't make decisions. So they decided to give the decision to the wife and the other brother. 
And the father was in the room with the son. He barricaded himself in there with a gun and said, don't come near my kid. And he stayed there. Three hours standoff, guys. Three hours. Three hours. Remember, the son was there for just a little bit. And they said, he's brain dead. He's done. We're going to start taking him off life support. He's dead. Three hours barricaded. His uh, son had disarmed him. The other son had disarmed him. He was still barricaded in there. The SWAT team came. The SWAT team actually came with their own doctors, too. And they jump through. They break in. And as they're there, the son was not brain dead. In fact, he's alive and well right now. <laughs> Makes you wonder why were they in a rush? Uh, I want to play a little video from December of 2015 after the father came out of jail because he went to jail for trying to save his son's life. So I want you to listen to this video where he's sitting next to his alive and pretty good looking son, how they tell their story. This guy went to jail. Guys, I wouldn't mind going to jail, defending my kid's life and making sure that they're alive. Listen to his story. And a Christmas happy ending to a chilling story for one Texas family to tell you about where a desperate father had to take a gun to save his son's life. Stay with me here. Not from criminals, but from medics. 11 months ago, 27-year-old George Pickering III was within an inch of death, lying in a critical care unit after a massive uh, stroke. But doctors declared him brain dead indeed and uh, uh, proved taking him off life support. That was too much for his dad. Um, this guy was even placed on an organ donation register with the consent of his mother and brother. Well, the story goes on. His distraught father could not believe that that was the only option. So, as I said, he marched him to hospital with a gun. He barricaded himself in that ward, refusing to leave his son's side, and apparently threatened staff too. So desperate was he. He's pointing the gun like that. We immediately got security and called well, the incident resulted in a lengthy standoff with police, after which the dad surrendered. His lawyer told us how events unfolded after that. Towards the end of the standoff, which was about three hours long, he felt his son squeeze his hand. And about that time, um, the SWAT team had actually uh, opened the door to the critical care room and he had surrendered to the police, but he surrendered knowing that his son had squeezed his hand. Um, the SWAT team had their own doctors, and when their own doctors entered into the critical care room, they saw that my client's son was not brain dead because he was making eye contact, he was following their commands, and they were completely amazed at this. Shortly after that, George Pickering III came out of that coma and made a full recovery. However, his father was behind bars and had been sentenced to 10 months for aggra aggravated assault with a deadly weapon for that incident. Charges, though, were finally dropped, and he's been released this month. The father and son are now back together for Christmas. They were moving too fast. The hospital, the nurses, the doctors. There was a law broken, but it was broken for all the right reasons. I'm here now because of it. I don't think that he would have survived, uh, but for the fact that his father slowed the process down. Certainly my client bears some responsibility in that, that he didn't, handle the situation very well but but my heart goes out to him because i know how much he loves his son and that he was just completely um he was just grieving it's their relationship is just truly amazing to me They're, they are 
extraordinarily close. It's been a really wonderful Christmas present for me to see those two guys um, back together and my client is back with his son. The case was about the love he has for his son and the fact that, that he was there to protect his son when his son couldn't protect himself. And that's what every parent should do. But, you know, I hope you guys heard the, the, the father's words. I want to play them again, what he said himself. They were moving. Moving too fast. The hospital, the nurses, the doctors. There was a law. Here's what happened. They had him on a registry. They had begun the process of organizing to harvest his organs. And they just said he was brain dead. Now, for all of you out there that haven't had any training in the medical sciences like I have, how do you know someone's brain dead? You trust that the doctor's going to tell you, right? And if you're not on the donor list, they'll ask the family for it. How do you know? You get a second opinion? Do you know that the organ donation, the transplant industry is about $100 billion worth? And about almost 40% of that is the immunosuppressant drugs that people are on for forever. <laughs> and then did you know that the doctor, say, you know, your loved one is in an accident or trips and falls and suddenly, you know, they're sick, so sick that they're brain dead, right? Because the doctor told you. Did you know that they actually get a kickback as a finder's fee, which is masked as an administration fee? How does that make you feel? Every single day for the past decade, I have seen the rights of American citizens eroding. I worked on the Affordable Care Act. That took away a lot of power from you. I have a child and I'm not allowed to view her medical record because privacy. Are you kidding? That's my kid. There are hospitals, which I will refuse patronage to, right? I will not go, that tell parents you need to, no, I'm not leaving the room. This is my kid. When my kid's 18 and the law no longer lets me be in control of their health and their well-being, then I will step out of the room if my kid tells me to. That's how it goes. We have lost control over our health. And what is the motivating factor? Money. Money. I wrote an article a long time ago, and we talked about it on the show, uh, where um, Oregon passed a law saying that um, those that are mentally ill can now be starved to death and killed. Remember? And they passed that law saying that, you know, hey, if they have Alzheimer's and, you know, they can't feed themselves or they are a vegetable, they can think and smile and look, but they can't do things for themselves. We'll just starve them so they die. Remember? This is it. We're going infanticide, mentally ill aside. And now we have to worry every time we go to the hospital. If there's someone rich with fat pockets, that that's a match to you. I mean, how many of you out there have signed up for Ancestry.com or 23andMe? Did you know that when you read your right, your consent to treat when you go to the doctor, ask for the small print. In there, you'll see that you allow them to keep your pictures and DNA information on file for at least seven years. 
And they can share that to federally approve things. Federally approve like what? Mm, makes you think. So while you're in the hospital because you tripped, you're, you're, you tripped and fell on a sidewalk, right? Think about it. Let's go to that terrifying, uh, what are you talking about? You must be crazy thought. You trip and fall and you go to the hospital and you sit down and they realize that you are an exact match for Rockefeller and he needs a heart or George Soros and he needs a liver or a lung or a kidney or intestine, anything, right? Or an eye and you're a perfect match because you wouldn't even have to take immunosuppressants because your blood analysis that I just took your blood to see, you know, if you have white blood cell count or whatnot, the DNA hit a match for someone that's looking for something that has really big pockets. So suddenly they come to give you medicine and this medicine, you suddenly become sick and the doctors tell your family, I don't know. I mean, it feels like, like, Mm, maybe they had an infection, something underlying, and maybe that's why they tripped and fell and lost their balance. And we're going to do everything we can. And suddenly they tell your family two hours later, it was a stroke. And oh, they're brain dead. And your family doesn't know any better. Why would the doctors lie? Right? Because they could get 10 wings from people like Bloomberg, 1000 MRI machines from Soros, they could save potential lives for the sake of just you. And who knows, right? They tell your family, don't worry, their death. And if you donate their organs will help at least eight people live. What? Hmm. And that's how people go forward. And I'm all about organ donation on your own terms when you really die. And without the fear that someone is coming after you. The fact that doctors have finders fees should terrify you. It should actually, I want to know in this case of George Pickering, which I reached out to find out who were the doctors that said he was brain dead. Where's the documentation that said he was brain dead. And I'm pretty sure their lawyer that you heard speak, um, on Reuters, um, you know, Phoebe Smith is her name probably did do that. Maybe, I don't know, but I also want to know what the rate of finders fees this one doctor has and what boards does he sit on? Who funds him? Where is he a board of director at? What kind of pharmaceutical company does he work with? You know, things like that, you know, interests. So it's extremely morbid. In the United Kingdom, they actually passed a law through the NHS, right? Now, uh, it amended the law on human transplantation, including by authorizing in certain circumstances, they say, the posthumous removal of organs and tissue from adult who had not given express consent. Wait, so that means if you die and death doesn't mean your heart stopped beating. It means a doctor said you're dead. Brain dead is considered dead. Okay. So even if you're not a donor now in the United Kingdom, <laughs> They could take your tissues and your organs because socialism. Terrifying? Not terrified yet? Here's how easily we forget. Let's listen to how organ, human organ traders, you know, this is an old BBC from 2017 report. I want you to listen to what organ traders had to say. 
And I want to remind you that in Greece in 2015, bodies of supposed refugees, they were all Kurds, by the way, washed up from the shores of Turkey onto Greece. Children, women, and men of fighting age with empty cavities. Empty cavities. So just listen to what the human organ traders have to say first. Cairo, one of the Middle East's main business hubs, but now a darker trade is thriving. The network is wide, from migrant smugglers to some of Egypt's leading doctors. A crumbling health system and shortage of organs has meant that people wait for years, so turn to the black market, where profits are huge. If you've got money, anything is possible. This man matches up those wanting to buy with those desperate enough to want to sell their organs. Conflict in the Middle East has made his job easier. What he is doing is illegal, but he now claims to feel remorse, so explains the trade to us. People came to me wanting to sell their organ to pay to be smuggled abroad. Money never lasts long, but the promise of a safe life and opportunities overseas are a pretty good incentive. Organ donation is complicated here. No money can change hands, and you can only donate to someone from the same nationality. But there are always ways to get around the law. If someone's got dark skin, for example, they could pass as Sudanese. The brokers just make him a fake passport. You can buy the passports from the streets. It's really not a big deal. Authorities claim they're trying to crack down on this trade. Last year, they conducted a raid of multiple clinics, resulting in the arrest of 45 people, among them doctors and nurses. Millions of pounds were recovered, yet for many, the profits outweigh the risks. We're on our way to meet a doctor who we've been told works as a surgeon within the organ trade. We're going in undercover, and our story is that my father's in desperate need of a kidney transplant, but can't find a donor. Medical costs for a legal transplant are around $3,000, but we've been told to say we'll pay whatever's necessary. This is illegal. Dr. Ahmed Mustafa works for the police. He reassures us that he can help. He he's posing and he's getting one and he's like, well, how much will it cost? He's like forty thousand dollars. He's like, what does that include? Everything. He's like, you can't wire the money. Just when you go to the clinic, you just leave the cash there. The doctor will go into the operating room and they'll tell you where to leave them the cash in the clinic. So the the broker, the organ broker, says, I take 20000 you leave 20000 cash at the clinic. So think about it. Would you go to the black market if you needed a kidney or your child needed a kidney or your child needed a heart? Would you go to the black market because... You know, they've been on the donor list so long. Think about it. This is this is the dilemma. This is black markets exist 
to fulfill needs you can't do normally, kind of like pedophilia, right? You can't fulfill that need normally because there's no child that you should be allowed to have sex with. Ah, what about organ trade? Mm. What about drugs? Mm. Yes, those fulfill needs for people. The need for a fix, the need for a heart. People come from across the Middle East to buy kidneys. This man was on the government waiting list for months until his health deteriorated to the point that the family decided to buy a kidney. He says, when I first got sick, I didn't want to do the surgery, but it changed my mind when someone that I knew had done that. So I realized that the only way I'll be fine is if, um, if you know, I buy a kidney. And, you know, on the surface, it all looks legal and above board. But in reality, I'm buying it. You know, they lie and say it's from a family. I ask him, what if something happens to the donor? Will I not be held responsible? He said the Ministry of Health won't sign off on the surgery unless the donor signs a contract. And it also says that he's not getting paid to give his organ. Now... That is how they trade with living organ donors. And I want to say something on living organ donors. In Pennsylvania last year, they passed a law, Senate Bill 180, Donate Life Pennsylvania Act. So those of you that are in Pennsylvania, listen up, because this is important. Pennsylvania is added to the group of 47 other states to adopt the Uniform Anatomical Gift Act which aims to standardize best clinical practices nationwide, 47 other states. This increases the opportunities for adults to register as organ donors. But here's where it gets weird. Provides for all public high school, grades 9 through 12, to have access to a model curriculum about donation and transplantation ensures a full assessment of organ donation potential by county coroners and healthcare professionals through on-site meetings and that the reason for any denial of organ donation are documented. Did you hear that? One, 47 states. Two, increases opportunities, they say, for adult as organ organ donors. Three, they go to public high schools and go to children that are young, 14 years old through 12. When they're going through driver's ed education, guess what they do? They advise them about donating and transplants. Why? Because they for some reason, at the age of 14 through 17, themselves can make their own decisions. Meaning that they can be principal, right? First principal to say that they're donating. First person consent to organ. And you know what? Barack Hussein Obama's state 
Because they give driver's license at 16, they actually passed a bill this year. They passed it this year. Allowing 16 and 17 year olds to register as first person consent organ donors when they get their driver's license or ID card. So if any of you out there in Illinois have a child, (laughs) you'll be surprised how many have put themselves on the list. Don't let them trip and fall because if they're someone with a big, deep pocket, they're coming after you. And here's the thing, this nonsensical urgency that the Democrats have across the nation pushing bills like this is terrifying because the numbers don't substantiate their urgency. 30 million people across the United States every year die from disease related deaths like heart failure, kidney failure, you know, whatever, but only less than 2,250 people actually die waiting for an organ. 30 million, 2,000 people. Doesn't substantiate it. Does not substantiate the rush. And, you know, what's funny, speaking of Barack Hussein Obama state, they not only passed that law, but they also created something, and listen to this, financial incentives for living donors. And not only for the person. So, like, if you decide that you're going to donate your kidney, I'm just saying, if you decide, you get... Tax credit, 25% of your salary is a tax credit. Hold, hold your horses on this one. Private companies also get a tax credit if they actually promote private employers to take credit against withholding taxes themselves if they give the ability to the employees to take paid leave of absence of at least 30 days to donate an organ or bone marrow. So if you decide that you're going to donate bone marrow, your private employer gets a big fat tax cut if you're a donor. So if any of you at work at your private company have seen, oh, donate today, save a life, that's because they're making money if you do it. So I just wanted to highlight a few of these things, but I also want to revisit terrifying situations. This one I think is from six years ago. Do you guys remember Kendrick Johnson? Mm. You know, that boy that went missing and no one knew where he was. And then he turned up dead and they were like, oh, it was blunt force trauma to the head kind of thing. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then they exhumed his body again because they wanted evidence to see who did it. And then they found out something that was omitted from the previous coroner report is that he had no organs. Take a listen. It's the second time Jacqueline Johnson cried next to her son Kendrick's grave. The first time he was being lowered into the ground. This time, he's being pulled out of it. Did you ever expect you'd have to exhume his body? No, I didn't expect to have to bury his body. In June, Kendrick's body was sent to Florida. The Johnsons hired Dr. Bill Anderson to conduct an independent second autopsy. In that autopsy, Anderson told the Johnsons he'd found evidence that Kendrick died as the result of a blow to the neck and not accidental asphyxia after slipping into a rolled gym mat at school, as investigators in Georgia had said. But what Dr. Anderson did not find shocked them. When we got the body uh, for the second autopsy, that organs, the heart, lungs, liver, etc., were not with the body. The brain? The brain. They were all absent. Every organ from the top of Kendrick's head to his pelvis, gone. And his family had no idea. We have been let down again. And when we buried Kendrick, 
we thought was better than Kendrick, not half of Kendrick. Uh, I'm not sure at this point who did not return the organs to the body, but I know when we got the body, the, the organs were not there. So CNN contacted the two entities that had custody of Kendrick's body and access to his organs. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation, which conducted the first autopsy in January, and Harrington Funeral Home, which the Johnsons chose to embalm and prepare Kendrick's body for burial days later. A spokeswoman for the state tells CNN after its autopsy, the organs were placed in Johnson's body, the body was closed, then the body was released to the funeral home. State investigators say it's their normal practice, but what happened after his body arrived at the funeral home was anything but normal. What was in the place of the organs? Newspaper. Newspaper. So, the body had all their organs removed. The government says we didn't take it, we put it back. But he was stuffed with newspapers. Stuffed with newspapers. And okay, so this case, sorry, was a case where the kid supposedly slipped in a gym mat and they found him and that he suffocated. But in fact, he was hit over the head. Kind of sounds like this case too in New York. A gorgeous, gorgeous model. Take a listen. The autopsy shows that he had brain hemorrhage. They took the brain out of his skull, examined it, and they saw where his brain bled, brain hemorrhage usually. So he was dead. When he got hit in the head, coming out that store, that's what I felt. He got hit, and that took him out. And I just hope and pray, as a mother, that my son did not feel that pain of them taking his organs out. Because, you know, um, researching online, it's easy to make a Y cut on your body. Come here and down the middle, and you can pop all those major organs out of there. Cut a few little um, connecting tissues or things in there and just take them all out at once. And I just hope that he was dead and didn't get to feel that. I wouldn't want anybody to feel that at all. And at this point now, thank God for his brothers on the production team because they're still ongoing and um, doing investigations and trying to find out what happened to their brother Ryan. You know, it hurts them. You think I'm hurt? It hurts them as well them as well. And thank God I have them to do this. Where's his husband? He should be doing this. You know, and, and we we have to pull together with resources we have. I really have no resources, to tell you the truth. I really don't. I, try, I set up a GoFundMe page to ask and I think I raised like $430 on the GoFundMe page. I'm- and that guy's name is Ryan Singleton. The mother said that he was hit upside the head and while he was alive, they removed his organs. She says that she prays because they took his brain out and because it was hemorrhaging that he didn't feel the pain of them removing his organs. Are you listening to this? This is reality. This happens everywhere. And the media has stopped for the past five years reporting this. I don't know if people, you know, people are leery of donating stuff to people. But I'll tell you, I have nobody here to help me. No mother, no father, no grandparents, no nobody, you know. So I have the grace of God, the mercy of God. That's my faith. I believe in him. And had it not been for him, I can't stand here before you to tell you the story. And now we go to China because this actually came out. Take a listen to an organ harvesting witness speaking out. This week, a People's Tribunal in London concluded that prisoners of conscience in China are being murdered for their organs. A former intern at a military hospital in China who witnessed the crime firsthand speaks out. He told NTD's Alec Rusik his story. The event took place in the 90s while George Jung was about to graduate from medical school. 
I was doing an internship at the Shenyang Army General Hospital. At that time, I took part in a military mission. Along with three doctors and two nurses and under armed escort, he was driven in an ambulance to an area around Dalian in China's northeast. The ambulance drove to a very remote place in the wilderness. Then we heard a gunshot. It wasn't long before several soldiers carried a man over. At the time, I saw that his neck was all covered by blood and his throat was bloody. Jung witnessed doctors removing kidneys from the prisoner. He motioned for me to cut one particular blood vessel. As soon as it was cut, his blood instantly flowed out and it was hot. I was panicking and very shocked at the time. But I saw that the other people present had no expression on their faces. After the kidneys, the doctors instructed him to take out the eyeballs. I said that I couldn't do it at all. I was near collapse at that time and my body kept on shaking. One of the doctors removed the eyeballs and after all was done instructed George to stuff the body into a bag, which was carried away by soldiers. I asked, what about the leftover bodies? He said that there was another military vehicle that would destroy or burn them. After they came back to Shenyang, he witnessed the organs being implanted into a waiting patient. He was told to sit aside and take a rest. The whole thing shook him profoundly. After I went home, I had a high fever for a few days. Afterwards, I talked with someone at the hospital to tell them that I would not go there anymore. I said I could work elsewhere, but I wouldn't do this job again. To this day, George is haunted by the memory of that day in the mountains and wilderness. Who was the victim? I thought he also has parents. His family didn't know anything about this cruel event. He decided to leave China. But I know that the Chinese Communist Party would assassinate people who are aware of this to silence them. So when I thought about this, I thought that since I'm alive, I should stand up to testify. Because tens of thousands of families in China don't know that their loved ones died in such a cruel way. On Monday, an independent People's Tribunal in London unanimously concluded that within the People's Republic of China, or PRC, forced organ harvesting had happened in multiple places in the PRC and on multiple occasions for a period of at least 20 years and is continuing. With multiple testimonies from different groups, the only missing side at the tribunal was the Chinese Communist Party, which claimed that the accusations are politically motivated. This week, so this is a global thing. It happens in the Middle East. It happens in Europe. It happens in China, and it's happening here in the United States of America. All these missing people, all these missing kids. And you have to wonder, and I've always told you, it's always about genetics. And when we talk about child and human trafficking, the first thing we think of is sex and sex slaves and slaves in general. But it's not. They're very highly targeted. CPS kidnapped, very real. Has to go with your genetic code. Think, what population of the United States in rank, right, ranking them, are most missing? Number one, top of the list is Native Americans. A simple Google search will come up and you will see that actual pure Native Americans have a haplogroup called X, an unknown haplogroup, a very specific haplogroup of mitochondrial DNA. Your DNA, that push to file you through your DNA is important to them. 
You know, I was looking around. George Soros has had multiple um, organ transplants. Rockefeller, the story came out where he had his sixth heart transplant at the age of 99. That literally bought him another two years. And Snopes, of course, is like, no, he didn't do it. Nobody trusts Snopes. Come on. We already know. I mean, we can't even trust factcheck.org. And that's because the mainstream media minimizes and mocks any claim of child trafficking, human trafficking, and organ harvesting. Ask a simple search on even, you know, using other browsing searches, right, aside from Google, but you might even find it, how tourists that go to Brazil for vacation, Costa Rica, Ecuador, Venezuela, the Middle East, you know, one day got drunk and woke up in the bathroom of a hotel missing an organ. <laughs> they kidnap you to take your or living organs, right? Living organ. And again, organ harvesting, you have to be alive. And this is why the mother said, I really hope my child did not feel pain. That he wasn't awake when they took his organs, just like that doctor was describing. The blood was hot. It means it was still flowing. It means that the patient was still alive and could feel pain. Could you imagine getting your organs ripped out while you're alive? That's disgusting. Social media has blown up lately in Baltimore, reporting that there was a white van kidnapping girls for human trafficking and body parts selling. There was actually a report on TV and the mayor spoke out about it. And then suddenly they silenced him when he said it. Because see, your voice is being heard. And if you're persistent enough... The mainstream media can't shut you up. Take a listen to this. It's terrifying. Terrifying to think that they silence you too. And this is a story many of us have heard before. A mysterious white van being used to abduct young women. But this time, Baltimore City Mayor Jack Young is saying it. He says people need to be aware it could happen. 11 News reporter Vanessa Herring is live at City Hall with the disturbing details. Vanessa. And Mayor Jack Young made that comment about a suspicious white van during an interview this afternoon. Take a listen to what he said. We're getting reports of somebody in a white van um, trying to snatch up young girls uh, for human trafficking and for selling body parts, I'm told. So we have to really be careful because there's so much evil going on, not just in the city of Baltimore, but around the country. Asked if he heard that from Baltimore police, Mayor Jack Young said... No, citizens are. It's all over Facebook. Um, And um, that's something that um, our police officers are aware of because, um, you know, it's been reported. We called BPD. A spokesman for the police department tells me they're aware of posts on social media but they don't have any reports of actual incidents. Then we called the mayor's office. A spokesman says Young was making a general comment and not talking about a specific incident. The mayor offered this advice to citizens during the interview. Don't park near a white van. Make sure that you um, look at your surroundings and make sure you keep your cell phone in case somebody try to abduct you and um, call 911 right away. While um, it's important that we do raise awareness of human trafficking, I would note that um, that rarely are people snatched off the, uh, you know, as you may see in film or may see on social media. City Councilman Christopher Burnett is co-chair of the Baltimore City Human Trafficking Collaborative. Traffickers typically use coercive tactics, whether that be uh, through relationships or drugs or um, or resources like housing. Um, they, they prey on the vulnerabilities of, of, of victims. 
So basically, the mayor's story is being debunked. They're telling people, don't listen to that. Well, I'll tell you something you should listen to. In Connecticut right now, if you live in Connecticut, Senate Bill 750 has now registered every single citizen of Connecticut to be an organ donor. Unless you as an individual have joined a registry to opt out, then you will be assumed to be an organ donor. How many people in Connecticut know about this? You know what that also means? That your child that is residing, your infant that is residing in Connecticut is automatically a donor by the state. And you have to individually submit to be excluded from the registry. So once you die or a doctor declares your brain death or your child's brain death or your infant's brain death, the state takes hold of your body because it's no longer theirs. It's theirs. Right? That's just a few examples because, like I said, 47 states. <laughs> Rockefeller, 99 years old and gets a sixth heart transplant. Why did they give a heart to someone who's 99 and not someone who's 12 sitting on the registry? Why did they give a heart to someone who's 99 and not give it to 30-something, 40-something, 50s, even 60-something? Why 99? I mean, he died two years later. How much did it cost? What life did they take? How much did he pay to get those extra two years? This is terrifying, the fact that this is being pushed and has been pushed across the nation, pushed across incentives, financial incentives, and all of this coming from Democrats across the nation. You know that the arguments I saw on a presentation done by a, um, a woman named Katie Bahanan was that one organ donor can save up to eight lives. So for the recipient, it means a second chance at life and a healthier life as well. Yes, I agree. The families of those who are donating are comforted in knowing that so much good is coming from all this tragedy and their loved ones still lives on. Mandatory organ donation eliminates the hectic nature of organ donation. You know, there's no need for donor registries because you're automatically the donor. And there's no need to train requesters, train someone to request your organs and there's no need for stringent government regulation. No need to consider paying for organs because everyone is a walking participant. <laughs> How does that make you feel? And supporters of mandatory organ donations argue that uh, the process would not be unconstitutional due to the fact that after the person dies, he or she's corpse is no longer their own. This is what we should be talking about, too. Because you never know when you trip and fall. And you don't know what they're putting in that syringe, that IV. You don't. And you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, you're so paranoid. Really? Tell that to all the parents that are grieving right now where their kids suffocated, but in essence had their organs taken alive. Tell that to George Pickering, who went to jail for 10 months because he tried to save his son's life because they were moving too fast. I mean, it's 2019. There's no need for them to move fast anymore because in 47 states, you're already a donor and don't know it. Hmm. Pretty interesting. You're like, well, I got my driver's license. I didn't tick donor. Yeah, but a law was passed in your state after that. So 
Hmm. I would suggest to check your state's laws. I would suggest to talk about this and, you know, start the conversation. When my editor's done putting this up, I'll put the article so you can share and inform as many people as possible. The Democrats, party of infanticide, party of killing those that are mentally ill. And now they want your organs, too. Pretty insane, right? Can they get much more evil than that? I'll see you all tomorrow, same time, same place, only on Red State Talk Radio. God bless. A long way from the suits in D.C. But close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. And grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.